Hello and welcome to episode three of the Hoop Scoop Pod. Hello, hello. My name is my name is Nate with my pod pal Phil. What's up? What it do, baby? And we are here going to give you guys everything that happened in week two of the NBA. So much to digest, so many games, so much drama. We even got a fight. So I'm excited to talk about it. What do you got for us, Phil? I'm just hyped for the beef. And I want to talk about the Warriors because obviously it's a little interesting right now. Of course. So let's t- let's start with that. Um, we all know what happened. I was actually watching it on my computer and I was like, that thing would not look good. Stephen Curry gets his hand crushed by big by, bumbling Aaron Baines by big Aaron Baines on the Phoenix Suns he breaks it he's out three months actually at least three months he's not even gonna be reevaluated for three months yeah he's got to get surgery so that just opened up the timeline so Phil uh I don't even know where to begin just what were the initial thoughts what do the Warriors do now I don't even know I think it's I think like the only thing I could think of where I saw it I was like I immediately split down like a fork row and I was like they can either ride along with D'Lo for a while and just kind of stagnate and float for a bit, or they can just kind of sell the ship and just see what they can get for Draymond or just keep Draymond out and then ship off D'Lo for some good pieces. Like, really, I couldn't see any other option at that point. And, like, the longer they're still just trying to figure it out, they're kind of just uh, killing their one way or the other. Yeah. This is – the war, the Golden State Warriors right now – they're honestly, to me, one of the most interesting franchises in all sports. I am fascinated by, I mean, what a what a nightmarish, um, like six months it's been for the Warriors. I mean, one moment they're on top of the world, they have a new stadium opening this season. They're thinking maybe we keep Durant, maybe we don't, but maybe we keep Durant, and we have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry in a new arena coming off an NBA championship, and then all of a sudden, Kevin Durant tears his Achilles. Okay, maybe we can still win the title. And then all of a sudden, Klay Thompson tears his ACL. Okay, we're, we're not going to win the title, but at least we have Stephen Curry next year. We can stay competitive. And then Stephen Curry breaks his hand. And then almost as if the basketball guys just kind of said, you know, let's just pile it on you. They Draymond Green has some strange finger injury where he sits out last night. I don't know how much I believe that. Who even knows, but it was oddly poetic to me, Phil, to watch last night's game, to watch them throw out Eric Pascal and Kai Bowman. Don't forget offensive highlight Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Willie Cauley-Stein. It was poetic to me because – but and I don't want to make this sound like I'm rooting for the Warriors to do poorly because I'm not. I think that the league is – at his best when the best players are playing. I want, I want Curry and Clay and Durant healthy and playing. But it's just it's it's so it's it was so dramatic this this fall from grace that we witnessed from the Warriors. Yeah, the saying is to every yin there's a yang, but that was just kind of this too much. It's like an exaggerated. They're like just a joke at this point because they've gone from so high up, and you're like, okay, they're gonna come back to earth. But they they uh, missed their landing spot and they just went like eight feet under the ground. <laughs> Actually, yeah. And listen, people. I don't think the Golden State Warriors are done though. I think you know the the war. This is this is a wash of season. Oh yeah. I, there, the, I think there's a high chance we don't see Stephen Curry again. Um, I would be shocked if they didn't trade D'Angelo Russell for something because what's the point? What do you think they're getting? 
I don't know. I don't We've know had this, this conversation last week. I, think. I know. I don't know if this helps the market for D'Angelo because, in a sense, they they're kind of desperate now. It's like they they almost have to trade D'Angelo. Well, they, don't they have can't to. trade him until December, uh, or when they signed him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, he's going to have have to play, and they're probably going to highlight him offensively. So, yeah, people are going to you know, other teams are going to know that, and they're going to be like, okay, we know you were just making set in plays for him just so he could get buckets. Like yeah. We want to see what he works like on our team. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know um, what team would maybe want him. I mean, a team with some young guys who want to kind of the wolves. Maybe I mean, do the wolves really have assets? Maybe they have. I mean, some, ki- some kind of an interesting asset would have been Covington if they were actually competitive. But if you're like kind of rebooting, a Covington package is not looking as enticing. I don't think the Warriors are rebooting, though. I think well, this season, I mean, like, if you're trading for yeah. Covington, you're you're like, okay, like we're we're gonna have a very good switchy, crazy three and D defense with like Steph and Draymond just running it into the mm-hmm. playoffs until Clay's ready to go. Like he's actually ready to go. Like he comes yeah. back and he's gotten the grace period and he's like good to go. Yeah, yeah. But now they no, can't I, do that. Yeah, I gotta look more into the. I'm, I I have to see him play first. I want to see. I want to see him play like in this offense. Kind of get around him. I mean, they're going to be really bad, but D'Angelo's still a very good player. He's going to put up numbers. Yeah, we've seen um, what he can do. Yeah, when it's just him. But I want to see what he can do actually as a but, good team. I don't know. I'm just really interested to to follow this Warriors franchise for the next few years. And I'm going to make a statement right now, Phil. The Warriors will win another NBA championship. They will. When? I don't know when, but they will. Okay, and you can the, say that for anything. Knicks are going to win another championship. No, but the Knicks aren't going. No, I'm saying. Oh no, sorry. Stephen Curry will win the championship. Oh, okay, yeah. When, Stephen... he, when he joins the Knicks, yeah. <laughs> I think the Warriors are going to – they're going to figure it out. I, I don't know how, but I don't know. It's, it's just such, such an interesting situation over there. With, with it the, is. Everything really just came to a melting pot of just dysfunction. They have – you know, with this new arena, with this kind of golden era that they had right before this. I mean, they – I've said before, I think that their they're nucleus of Steph – Best team ever. Oh yeah, I actually. So uh, you know, I don't. I didn't watch obviously every team from the nineties and the eighties, but just thinking about the fact that they won seventy three games, then added Kevin Durant, I think it's the I think it's the best team ever assembled. And that was last year <laughs> was that team, and now it's this, and it's just kind of crazy. It almost makes you kind of nostalgic. Um, then put out that yeah, roster. Yeah, like you're waiting for 2K to already put in the historic team of them, and you're like, all right, that was a year <laughs> ago. It, it it almost does kind of seem like a relic. It's crazy. I don't know. It's like... Yeah, it's over and done with at it's this just point. Re- it's, it is. The Warriors aren't, but that era is. Oh, yeah, no, I just mean, like, you don't even think about, like, yeah. oh, last year. Because last year was just all the dysfunction. So you knew mm-hmm. it was going to be... Sep- they were going to be separated. So you were already thinking, like, okay, fuck, they're just going to win. And then get yeah. separated. They just didn't win. Yeah. We're just just a really interesting era for the for the Warriors and something to NBA in general. To keep a close up. NBA in general. Um, let's pivot to some beef, Phil. Let's pivot. Yes, let's, please. Let's, let's, let's the Sixers and the T Wolves got into a skirmish. I don't want to talk too much about it because I like to talk about the basketball, but I think there are some basketball implications to this. Uh, you watched the fight. There are some big hoop scooping notifications from a fight. <laughs> I, it was it was like a kind of I think though the fight 
it kind of said things about these players and their mindsets outside of the fact that they just fought. Um, it just, it kind of struck me as kind of a moment for Carl Towns where, and I don't condone the fighting. You know, it's not mm-hmm. what it's not what you want to see, but I don't know. It kind of struck me. He's tired of getting pushed around. He's he's tired of he's tired of being called soft. You know, he's he's tired of being that guy that people kind of make fun of with the defensive end, and now he's kind of a meme after what happened with Jimmy Butler. And I, I don't know. I, that just that that was just kind of something that resonated with me. What do you think? Uh, what do I think of Embiid? Or cat the fight just fight in general anything fight yeah. I thought it was interesting because like I know cat is he gets into it a little bit but I know Embiid's big on he big he loves to arouse his, his opponents in in a bad way <laughs> so I just thought it was interesting because cat actually started the fight for what it seems he, and then the whole thing when they were on the ground Simmons was just like had him in a chokehold on the ground just <laughs> I, th- I thought it was interesting it was pretty fun they 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 said Simmons was the peacemaker because he held Towns down from doing anything more. Um, interesting position of being if you're a peacemaker, but they were just in interesting positions physically. It I was, don't know how yeah, Ben Simmons got uh, from from standing up to the ground in a chokehold on top of Cat within a matter of seconds. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I, I didn't like Embiid's antics after though. He kind of made a joke of the whole thing. He's like, you yeah, know, he was getting like people into. It. He's like, yeah, you like that? Yeah, he's like, he's like clowning with his teammates, doing some kind of shadow boxing thing. It's like I don't know. Like, that's that's my problem with Embiid sometimes. He's such a great player, but and he's very he's very passionate, emotional, but I, I still I still think there's some, there's some immaturity there. Oh, there's, there's definitely Im- there's one hundred percent immaturity, but you got to keep in mind. I mean, the guy is 24. What is he? 24, I believe. He's he's 25. Okay, so realistically put this in context of real life. Except instead of just graduating college and working for a few years and making money, the guy's been making money since he was 20. He's making so much money. He is The more money you make at a young age, the bigger ratio there is for you being a dickhead. Yeah, I mean and that's just that's just how we be. I'm not saying he won't he won't. I'm not saying he oh, won't no. grow, but sure I mean, just, he, he's in a position. He's he's in a position on a team where he's the. I mean, he's he's the leader. Yeah, and he team. he hasn't been humbled by anybody because he's just dominant in the league. So he'll just do whatever he wants. Fair. I mean, um, no one has actually yeah, been able know. to stop him, except uh, his conditioning. Okay, well, yeah, but that's that's just because he's playing a lot of fork knife. <laughs> Yeah, he is playing too much fork knife. But uh, I th- I think it was kind of uh, an interesting moment for the Timberwolves, though. Um, and and now they're they're in a position where Towns is suspended for two games. They had a nice win last night against the Wizards, where uh, Wiggins played a nice game, Jeff T played a nice game. And, and have you uh, sold uh, have you sold your uh, your stock on uh, Wiggins yet? I'm I was never a big Wiggins guy, but. He's playing well this year, and I don't know if anybody's noticed the Minnesota Timberwolves and one. Look at that. Teals are four and one. Very so. interesting. Hey, and I, I said this. I was talking to you about this before the year. To me, it seems like this is the first year the Minnesota Timberwolves are just not talked about at all. 
for like a, four or five years ago, everybody talked about how exciting the young core was. Wiggins, they had like, Zach Levine, I miss Zach Carl Levine. Towns. Every, everybody wanted to watch those young Timber Pups. They, you know, they they were exciting. They were fast. Um, well, I think everyone wrote them off when they got rid of Butler. They're like, all right, like exactly. You know. And then they get Jimmy Butler, so now yeah. they're talked about for a different reason. Exactly. But now the and but now they're like, uh, what? Nobody really knows what to make of them. They don't really have that good of a roster, honestly. Yeah, um, I mean, they're gonna come down to earth. Probably, I'd say sooner rather than later, because Wiggins <laughs> doesn't seem like he can sustain it. Because he go, I mean, he has good games where you're like, wow, this, this he, like he's figuring it out relatively, but he's yeah. going from like good game to like. Like kind of just like middling in the pack where he should be like the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we can still. I mean, and his numbers really aren't even good still. Like he's still shooting low percentages from three and from the field. Yeah. Um, he just gets hot some nights. And he's an athlete. Um, he can take advantage of some less athletic players on the perimeter. But uh, I don't know. Timberwolves are a team to watch, um, and the Sixers are the undefeated team in the NBA. So. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, also kind of funny that the two teams that fought were the former Jimmy Butler teams. I don't know. <laughs> Jimmy Butler would have loved that. You know, he was sitting on his couch with a little popcorn. I think Jimmy Butler would have loved to be there. But unfortunately, he was not. He's stuck in Miami. And we're going to talk about the Heat because I like what I'm seeing from the Miami Heat. But uh, let's let's get into some more basketball stuff. Phil. Let's talk about which teams looked good this past week, which teams – we're a little scared about and kind of analyze it from that angle. Uh, yeah, sure. You want to start? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about my stock up teams, teams that I'm kind of buying into a little bit more. Um, I'm going a star with the Miami heat. I think that the Miami heat, they're looking good. They have a really, really athletic perimeter, a really, really strong interior uh, Jimmy Butler, he's only played two games, but I kind of like the way that he's um, progressing so far with the team. They, the, Miami's one of those teams that I think they've kind of been looking for that go-to guy the last three years. You know, they haven't really had it. They've been looking for that star. We know Pat Riley wants the star on the perimeter, and Jimmy Butler might be that guy for them. Um, Especially with all the you, supplemental scores they got now in Harrow and Kendrick Noon. I know, like, like they got some really interesting young players. Uh, I don't know if you've watched Kendrick Nunn at all, but isn't Noon? Isn't Nunn? But yeah, he's he's been impressive. Um, yeah, he's got that. He's got my floater package. He knows how to do it, man. Exactly. And uh, Jimmy Butler, his numbers haven't been crazy good, and he's actually hurt right now. But I just, I just think there's like a different mentality when you have a player like that on the floor with you, when you have a guy on the court that you can kind of look to and turn to, you know, when, when, when shit hits the fan a little bit. Yeah, you, you know, need, you, if you're going to be an actual team, you need that guy where it's like, we need you to go get a bucket pretty please. And they'll be mm-hmm. like, all right, fine, whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he's also just kind of a guy that you can let him engineer the offense more so. I mean, he's played two games. They've both been against Atlanta. Uh, the last game, he, he shot the ball very poorly. He was only 2 for 10 from the field. But he gave you 11 assists. That's the whole thing with Jimmy Butler. Like, you can, he can have an off night in one spot, but he's going to make up for it in the other one, mm-hmm. every other category, yeah. basically. And he's a really good defensive player. That's another thing. I think Miami's defense has crazy upside. Yeah, I agree. Which, with Bam Adebayo down there just holding the fort. Mm-hmm. 
And how about my most improved player pick, Justice Winslow? Don't sleep on him. The guy can play. I just the took guy... a lot of melatonin before you said that, so I'm going to continue. <laughs> uh, his shooting percentages aren't great, but he's just a really complete player. Uh, except giving... for them shooting percentages. Yeah, but they'll, 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 come, <laughs> they'll come back. They'll come back. Don't worry. Where did, where did they go somewhere to begin with? I think they've always been missing. Uh, look, just you can look just your point percentage the last two years. It's not too, it's not too shabby. Not too shabby is not what you're selling. You're selling thirty-eight percent. Th- All right, that's not too shabby. <laughs> but and then yeah, you got Tyler Harrow, who we talked about at rookies last week, but we didn't get to mention him. We didn't so give any praise to the lauded son. We should have because he's looking like one of the most polished rookies in the class right now. Yeah, he's looking. He's, he's got really a lot polished. of swagger on the court. His scoring ability, he's not just a shooter. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. Really good shot maker. Um, he scored 29 points a couple games ago against the Hawks. Yeah, I my watched... only question is if he can create for others, because he's obviously he's creating for himself. He can mm-hmm. put the ball on the floor. He can shoot, but, like, <clears throat> I want to see his assist. Obviously, this is, like, a down-the-road thing. But yeah. if they want to be more of, like, a threat in the Eastern Conference, if he's able to dish outside of that, like, second facilitator role, or maybe mm-hmm. tertiary, with, if noon is still relevant by then, that'd be really good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just like the situation he's in because a lot of rookies get thrown into situations where, you know, they just, they're just given the ball and they're told to kind of do everything. And if they mess up, then it's, it's whatever because they're on a crappy team anyway. But Miami, they have him in a position where his role is very set. Um, he comes off the bench. He, sh- he shoots. He has, he has the green light. And he doesn't really have to be super ball dominant. So I like that for him because that's the kind of player he is. I don't know if he's ever going to be like a point guard per se. That's but... not what I'm saying. Just no, like, a, like in I that understand. Clay Thompson kind of mold where it's like yeah. you, you swung to you on the wing. Like you can drive in a little bit, attract people in, and just dump it out into the corner, opposite corner, yeah. or just off to the guy right in the paint. Yeah. No, I, I understand. And um, having Goran Dragic off the bench is, oh, is, is a, is a, a real luxury too. I think – I think that's a really good role for him. Miami's just really deep, and I think there's—I don't think there's any reason they can't be that third team in the East. Um, Low-key deep. Yeah, I think we both agree Milwaukee and Philadelphia are probably the the, the two in, in kind of right, class of their own in terms 1A, of their one ro- Yeah, but um, Miami could be that third team. They really could be. Do you think in a seven-game series, Miami and Celtics? You, who do you think taking home that? It's so early to say. I like I like Boston a lot. They they're just they're they're front thin right now. I want to see how they look like with with Cantor. I know he's not a world beater when it comes to defense, but just somebody to put down there. Um, I mean they they've been running lineups with Semi Ojale at center. They've been running lineups with Grant Williams at center. Marcus Smart at power forward. Yeah, they have so much talent on the perimeter. Kemba Walker's looked really good. They had a big win against Milwaukee. Um, Gordon Hayward started coming to his own again. Happy for that boy. Like I, I love their roster. It's just, I mean, they can get pounded on the boards. Oh so, yeah. Well, they just <clears throat> they gotta unleash. If they're not gonna make any trades or any acquisitions, they gotta just unleash Mr. Robert Williams. Maybe they they gave him a chance, but he he just looks a little bit lost out there. Honestly, I mean, it's 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 one thing to have size, but if you can't if you don't know how to position your body, if you don't know how to play on the glass and rotate defensively. Um, 
so far they've, they've seemingly trusted Ojale and Grant Williams more than Robert Williams. So. All I'm saying is, realistically, they're a playoff team. They know they're going to be there. So mm-hmm. they got to use the time they have now for guys That's they fair. can actually need later. And they got to try to develop them in some way, fashion, or sort. Because if you don't and you're just going to ride with Canner, like, you know your deficiencies and there's no way to fix them. That's At fair. least with Robert Williams, you, you might have a chance. You could probably yeah. flop out. It's possible. But I'd like to, I want to see them with Cantor. Uh, I don't know when he's coming back. He's injured right now. Um, hopefully soon. But they have a really good team. But I, I, I need to it, – it's a big hole when you can just get pounded on the glass like that. And, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of helpless. It's a very demoralizing feeling when you just give up rebounds and – you don't have um, people to clean up your misses when you get to the paint because they have a lot of players that can get to the rim. Kemba Walker, we know how well he gets to the rim. Mm. And when you don't have somebody to kind of clean up those misses and you don't have somebody to clean up the boards on the defensive end, get out transition, it just makes it tough for your team. So, yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I don't, I'm going to reserve judgment on the Celtics until I see them with Cather. Um, do you have any squads that impressed you in this week too? Oh, right. Squads impressing. I definitely have to go – Stock uh, up on Sixers because they've just been Sixers again playing well, man. Yeah, just... Sixers. Sixers are five and zero. Oh. Um, you know, we we talked about them last week, but we gotta give them props again because because they're listen, playing actual teams. They're not they just are, you know dawdling. They are. They are. And I watched their game last night against Portland's. Um, low key, I think one of the best acquisitions of the summer was Josh Richardson for the Philadelphia team. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's a better – not a better player than Jimmy Butler, but he's a better fit for their role of what Jimmy Butler would have been or what Jimmy Butler would have displaced Ben Simmons or Joel into being, which would have been like mm-hmm. that kind of third. He's in the corner. He's in spots, spotting up, and he's always going to make that shot for you. And those three guys before didn't really – none of them fit that mold specifically. One of them can't shoot. The other one, Embiid works on it, but he's not going to be like a knockdown shooter. With Richardson now, Simmons can be the facilitator. Embiid's down low, and you got Tobot, Toby, maybe Horford if he's feeling frisky, and <clears throat> Richardson down low, and or not down low, out, out of the um, three, and they're just pulling. Yeah, I also love the fact that Richardson can kind of create when um, in the half court when yeah. sometimes Simmons, it's not always his strong suit. Um, when I was watching the game last night, there were times when – Simmons wouldn't even bring the ball up. He'd, he'd kind of be in that like power forward role where he'd cut, he'd flash, and Josh Richardson was that was that ball handler because he can take you off the dribble. He can make tough shots. He's a good defender. He's a really complete player, and he's helping them big time. Uh, huge win last night for Philadelphia without Embiid. You know, we've said it. We're going to say it again. The more that Philadelphia can do without Joel Embiid, the better it is. They don't want to have to. And I know this is difficult to suspended, but – it just shows that this team there, and that was what I was doubting before the season. I I picked Milwaukee to win the East. You picked Philly, but um, and I'm not gonna switch my pick. But Philly's looking really good, and it's because of their depth. It's because they have other players contributing. Um, they got big even, boys like Furkan stepping up. And how about Raul Neto? Last last night, Raul Neto comes in and pioneers like a ten over run. Yeah, I poor mean, guy never sees the court, but when he does, he did last night. He's he's showing to be a valuable contributor. Yeah, they, they just have a lot of guys who can contribute. Mike, Sh- Mike Scott's still going to make shots for you. Of course. Um, and it, it takes them a load <clears> off <throat> of Simmons because 
You know, Simmons is he's still young. He's a really good player, but he's figuring it out still. He doesn't yeah, know everything yet. And in the half court, he's still got a lot of work to do in terms of his offense. So the more guys that can kind of help him out, who could take the load off in terms of scoring, in terms of ball handling, it helps him. He he made some big time plays down the stretch. He actually made two really clutch free throws, which was good to see. That um, was that was very that, very good sign. That, that's got to be good for his confidence, even though he's struggling from the line so far this season. But and he made a big play defensively, got out in the break, slammed a slammed a dunk home. Uh, they got a really good team. They, right right now, they're probably playing the best basketball in the NBA. I mean, they're, yeah, no, they're undoubtedly they're five and out. Um, I'm excited to see them play some of those Western Conference teams, you know, uh, which will happen eventually. Um, I'm gonna take a look at their schedule, but. Uh, and the Blazers are a good team, but you know some of those LA teams are looking uh, a little, little cute out there. Looking cute. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like they play them for a while actually. But they're, yeah. they're going in. They're going into Utah. Going into Denver. Coming up. So those I be, got a those question. Be interesting. Who What's you got up? stocked down? Stocked down. All right. Well, this was a team I've been wanting to talk about. It's the Brooklyn Nets, and I got concerns about the Brooklyn Nets, Phil. I got concerns. Don't okay? we all? Wouldn't I Kyrie have been better in New York? He would have been the same record, but as <laughs> a lot more media money and just a lot more likability. Because no one would have been like, "Hey, why didn't you hey, come it's Brooklyn?" Early. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any crazy statements. But no, let me I don't say this. Let, let, let me say this, Phil. Uh, I think Kyrie Irving has been the best guard in NBA this season. I do. I th- I think that he's playing really, really well. He's shooting the ball really well. He's handling it. He's handling pressure. He's facilitating. Last night he gave you a triple-double. Oh, yeah. There's no but, doubt he's gunning for MVP because this season is realistically a wash for him. But he can get – if he can get his play, his team into, like, the four seed and he's putting up these numbers, he can solidify himself as an MVP candidate or just be it himself this year. Yeah. I, there's, there's issues with their supporting cast right now, though. There, oh, yeah. there, are, there are legitimate concerns. I – I know that we all love Karis LeVert. He seems like a great guy. Um, he came back from that gruesome injury. I respect that a lot. Swear to God, if you slander Karis LeVert. I'm not going to slander him, but I just think we have to ease the brakes on what we're going to expect from him. Um, I just pumped so much freaking coal into the hype express on Karis LeVert. You cannot yeah, I'm sure you pull did. the brakes. And he's not playing terribly this year. But they, they they need they need more out of him. He's the number two guy. They need they need more out of a guy like um, DeAndre jo- Jordan. Well, DeAndre Jordan is yeah. <laughs> I still need something. I mean, he's not putting anything, and you got to get a little something. Yeah, and they they just they look like a bad basketball team when Kyrie Irving is not on the floor. Last, yesterday they played the Detroit Pistons, and the Pistons went on a twenty-five to four run yeah. in the third quarter, mm-hmm. most of which Kyrie was not on the floor for. Um. So Brooklyn's got to figure some stuff out. That they, I know that they're not expecting a title this year. Kevin Durant's not going to play. That they're they're just kind of feeling the roster out. But the Brooklyn Nets have to be in win now in win now mode for the coming years. They have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving locked up for, I think four years. Might see be some options in there, but I think I, there's I, an option or two. But they're, they're projecting four years for for Kyrie and Katie. Right. So they're in win now mode, and it's just. It, it's really early. It's really early, and I don't want to make any rash statements. But 
you just got to look at what is the team that we want for the next four years. That has to be what you're thinking. Because I who know do it's we nice want to identify as? And who do we want our team? And who do we want our coaching staff? These are just right. things that they need to... Oh, you're back on the Kenny Atkinson slander? Oh, my God. Well, Kenny Atkinson, he's never safe. He's never safe when you have stars like that in the building. You're going after name poor, sweet, little, Karis LeVert, an innocent old, giving a good run for your money, Kenny Atkinson? They've done nothing to you, man. <laughs> nothing to me personally. I'm not a Nets fan. But um, you just got to evaluate what you have going forward. What, what do, who do you want on your team for the next four years? And I was just thinking, Phil, you know, what could you get for Karis LeVert? What could that's, you get for That's him? an interesting idea, actually. Because he's on a really good contract. He signed, like, compared to some of these contracts that these other young guys have gotten, his contracts are really friendly. It's like three years, $51 million. That's chump change for very, a young player yeah, like Karis Levert, who can, I mean, he's, he's actually kind of older than people think. He's 25. Actually, <clears> most <throat> people think he's younger than that. But um, still, yeah, a young yeah. play, still a young player, still a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Let's relax. And, Buddy Hield's 26. Nah, I know. Yeah. But I don't know. Think about it. You know, if, if, you, if you want to win now, which you do if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you want to win a title within the next few years, you want the best team possible. And Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant is a great duo, but there are other great duos in the NBA. The Lakers are still going to be there the next couple of years. The Clippers aren't going anywhere. The Sixers project to keep on getting better. Um, Giannis is still in the NBA. He, he'll probably on the Bucks. Um, he'll probably still be in the NBA, yeah. <laughs> you know, and whatever team he'll be on is gonna be is gonna be tough to m- match up with. So, if you want oh to win an NBA championship in these next few years, and I'm not saying they can't with the roster they have right now, but you got to think what is the best roster we can create with Durant and Kyrie. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting. It's going to take a lot of different moving pieces and parts, especially with uh, Harris coming off his contract at the end of this year. And it's gonna be it's gonna go up. It's not gonna stay. He's on a cheap contract. I know that. It's gonna go. It's gonna shoot up because he's he's gonna demand like like JJ Redick prime numbers. And JJ Redick makes a lot of money now in in his twilight years. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm I'm gonna continue to monitor the Brooklyn Nets. It's it, it, such a weird week week for them because I was I tweeted I was prepared to you know, kind of forget about some of those bad losses after they beat the Houston Rockets. That was a nice win. An, an amazing performance from Kyrie Irving in that game. Then they go into Detroit and lose to the Pistons. So, ugh. ugh. Just, yeah, what are you feeling about those Rockets, though? Quick question. Yeah, the, the, the um, they got, work, they, got, they got work to do. James, James Harden, he's played like shit this year so far, honestly. Like, I know he leads his league in scoring. His, you know that his points per game, is higher than his field goal percentage. Like, how is that? That shouldn't be allowed. Hey, free throw babies. Yeah, I, free throws, I know. But, I mean, the guy's shooting 20% from three. He's just, he's not playing well right now. Like, I'm watching the games. He's not playing well. Russell well, Westbrook. He's, he's got so much to figure out because he, for some reason, he's sacrificing on his own team for this new guy. Which I get well, you do that as a leader, but, like, you should be getting what you want and he should be trying to, Russell Westbrook should be trying to figure out what he where he fits. Well, Harden's got to make Harden's got to make shots. I mean, he's well, not yeah. making, he's not making shots right now. Well, he just looks uncomfortable on the court. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He's still taking his his step back threes. He's still his one leggers. Fit. Yeah, whatever it is, he's he's got to make shots. He's got to be efficient doing so. Um, I think they'll figure it out. They're they're all right right now. They're three and two. Um, 
Eh, I'm not good. Did, did you did you see what happened in their Wizards game? That was a crazy 159 to 158. They beat the Wizards. I <laughs> I was I woke up in the middle of the night excited to go to the bathroom. I come back go on my phone like I wonder what happened in the, in the league when I went to sleep. I, I look at my phone. I thought I was in like a hazy dream from that. I was like, what the f- how? Yeah, 159 to 158. Harden scores 59. Beal scores 46. That was crazy. But I want to know who else is scoring above 20 on that team. Isaiah Thomas, maybe. Um, Isaiah Thomas scored 17. Okay. Dav- Davis Bertans gave you 21 on six threes. Davi. Hachimura scored 23. My man Hachimura is looking pretty good. He settled Dude, down. You slandered him. He's looking good. I have slander on Hachimura. He's a nice guy, I bet. Six, but... 15, 15 and 6 to start the year. All right. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Rockets, Rockets will be okay, I think. Um, they, they, they'll manage their way to between, you know, between 45 and 50 wins, I think. Yeah, they're just – they got a lot to figure out at the moment, yeah. in my thought. We're, we're going to see them in the playoffs, <clears throat> see, see how they really just – that's what's going to matter for the Rockets. But Yeah, and in a seven-game series, I could honestly see the Rockets beating yeah. almost anybody. Almost. 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 <laughs> um, do you have any team that disappointed you this past week in particular? Yeah, I got a quick one. I just – I got a stock – team stock down, but the player stock up. Because the Indiana Pacers are looking uh, – confused about how they're how they're going to run this and they're also losing um miles turner with the injury but demonis demonata sabonis is looking good but he's not my stock up malcolm brogdon is showing out he's going 20 and 10 every night did you expect that out of a out of a young savvy virginia senior yeah Brogdon's looking really good the the, the pacers are a weird team right now they they've won their last two but then before that they lost to detroit um and before that, they lost the Cavs. And before that, they lost Detroit again. Um, they got and they have four more really winnable games coming up. They got Bulls, Hornets, Wizards, and Detroit again. I don't know how they played Detroit three times in the first two weeks, but whatever. So, um, yeah, Brogdon's looking really good. He's looking like a really solid pickup. Um, can I we hear just him? hope he can hold the ship until Oladipo comes back because their yeah. their numbers right now are. Bad, like for a team that should be fourth in the conference, they're in the upper, in the lower twenties for points per game, rebounds, and points allowed. Yeah, that's not good. You definitely expect their defense to be better. They have a lot of defensive talent. Yeah. Um, but they they they've been playing better as of late. I watched a game against the Nets. Um, Sabonis is a handful down low. Really good player. Crazy Sabonis fan. Yeah, he's very impressive. Crazy the haul they got for that Paul George trade. Just, I was going to say, little, what would have happened if, what would have happened if they just said, "Nah, let's keep him. We don't want Paul George. Let's see what happens." And if Oladipo went off like he did, then the year following, who knows if he was even able to do it? If that was still his circumstances, but if that did, where would the Thunder be now? Yeah, but yeah, I agree. The the, the Pacers, um, they they're up and down, and and you would think their metrics to to be better. Um, they have a telling four-game stretch here. They could go four and zero. They could go one and three. I think it's gonna be interesting, and I'm sure we'll come back to them next yeah, week for definite. Um, so uh, Phil, let's just let's let's end this pod by talking talking some fun stuff. You were talking about this earlier, and uh, we've been watching some of these early season games, and especially in the early season, everybody's full of excitement. The home crowds, crowds go are, wild. Yeah, sometimes with optimism, 
Um, we were talking. We we're talking home court advantages. We were talking which teams have the best home court advantages. Um, so, what's what's what? What are some home courts that stick out to you? Um, some I, some arenas that if you visit, you know, you're in you're in for a time. Well, I don't want to throw the cop out answer in, but just for different reasons, I gotta go with Denver. I know Denver's the Mile High City, and so everyone's gonna be fucking gassed when they're up there. But that's not even what I'm going for. <laughs> Their fans are just mm-hmm. nuts at the Pepsi Center. Couldn't even get Coke. Mm-hmm. But uh, they go nuts <laughs> over there. And I know, like, <clears throat> they absolutely just throw the – the crowd goes in disarray when it's fourth quarter and it's a close game. Yeah. De- De- Denver's, Denver's a nice place. Um, Lovely scenery. It was fun. It, yeah, it was fun to watch them in the playoffs last year, finally. Yeah. They have a good crowd. Um those yeah, those those Midwest team not Midwest. I don't even know what to call that area of the country. What is that area of the country called? Um, it's like uh, Middle East. I don't even. Remember. It's not <laughs> the Middle East. They're not. <laughs> I don't know the snowy the snowy West. I'll call it the snowy West of like Denver, Portland, Utah. Although Portland's not really there. Portland's Portland's like, way out Northwest. All right, we have the same yeah, geography. Portland's, Portland's like Northwest. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, those three teams, I think, yeah, are really If you crazy. guys want to check out our Port- geography Portland, Utah, pod, Denver. Uh, hit the link. Geoscoop. Yeah. But yeah, I let those those teams are really crazy to watch, especially in the playoffs. They always and the, they're always teams that like don't have a superstar. Well, I guess Lillard is a superstar, but they 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 always kind of like troll that that incoming star, the, whether it be. Um, Back when Kobe would play, he would always have issues in Portland. Not like issues where he wouldn't play well, but just kind of um, the fans really try to get into his head. We've seen Russell Westbrook get, have issues when he goes to um, Utah, he goes to Portland, the, and sometimes for not the best reasons, as we saw with Utah last yeah. year. But, um, yeah, they're, they're crazy about their basketball. Um, how about the East Coast? How about some East Coast teams? East Coast teams with some crazy fans? Um, hmm. Who do you think? Um, I would go Indiana. Yeah. Gives you a, gives you a really great those environment, Hoosiers. especially they in the postseason. It's those, it's, it's honestly those, and the big cities have great fans too. Like we know the Garden. Yeah, but the big goes, city got so nuts. much stuff going on. Like. Exactly. It's, it's these like smaller areas where there's nothing but like an NBA team. And it's, it just makes it even that much more raucous of an environment. Nothing but hoops. Um, yep. Indiana Memphis. gives you a great environment. They got nothing but hoops Memphis would there. give you one. We saw how Toronto would get, even though Toronto's a big city, but... Yeah, um, no one cares about the Blue Jays or their Canadian football yeah, league. Quite. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, those, those are some teams that throw out. Um, but if I, if I had to award home courts for each conference that I would probably be most... Intimidated if I was a player going into in a playoff environment, I would go Indiana in the East. I'd go Portland in the West. All right, fair enough. I'd go probably Denver um, in the West and Philly in the East. Fair. Philly, Philly is crazy. I've been to Philly's gym once, and it's like a high school gym. It's <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it, it's really crazy how the the noise sounds in that arena. And you um, can't forget about the free frosty if someone on the other team misses both their free throws in the second half. That really gets them going. I don't even it's know if they like nice. basketball. They just want Frosty at that point. Exactly. Um, so going forward for this next week, um, I'm looking at a lot of things. I'm looking at who we see at the top of the conference next week because there's going to be a, there's going to be a full slate of games. Um, Who's going to be king I'm of the hill? Sure, yeah, I. You know, a team that has played some really good basketball is Los Angeles Lakers, and I want to see how 
um, how they continue. They had a, an amazing game against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, what a showdown that what was. Luka versus LeBron. And uh, the Lakers have like, a lot of really winnable games coming up. They don't really play too tough of an opponent for a little bit, honestly. Um, they got the Spurs, which won't be an easy game. Won't be an easy game, but they should But it definitely win. won't be tough. Yeah, and they got Bulls, Heat, Raptors, Suns, Warriors, Kings, Hawks, Thunder, Thunder, Grizzlies, Spurs, Pelicans, Wizards, Mavericks. I just listed teams until I found like a really, oh my. like a like, like a really top tier team, which is Denver on December. That 3rd. sounds like a so, lot of load management for LeBron. Maybe. Um, I don't. I, I. Yeah, I think. But the Lakers are four and one right now. They've won four straight since that opening night loss. Um, I think they're a team that's gonna keep on winning games. I'm excited yeah, to watch. Yeah, so that's just a team that everybody likes to watch the Lakers because, you know, it's LeBron, but going to continue to watch them. Uh, and then in the East, I want to keep on watching the Bucks because even though the Bucks have a really like decent record, I'm not going to say great record, but they have a decent record. I think they are 3-2. Um, they're 4-2. 4-2, my bad. They're 4-2. Um, their offense is a little clunky at times. A lot of dribbling, not too much movement, a lot of just like Giannis dominating. Um so I want to see if they can kind of play like more more cohesive stretches of basketball like we saw last year. I think like they're really missing Dick. the Malcolm Brogdon segment of their offense because he they, was yeah. one stop, one shop, maybe a dribble or two if he needed it. But he also can facilitate and run the ball up if he needed it. I definitely he could have done so many different things. Yeah, he was definitely a, a, a much-needed cog to their team. Um, they don't got that aspect yeah, anymore. He, they got Eric Bledsoe trying to yam on everybody. Yeah, I don't know. Bledsoe is he's, he's erratic, but... Yeah, 100% agree. Brogdon was that guy who kind of kept the juices flowing in the offense, kept the ball hot. Um, they're going to need guys to make shots. They're giving DiVincenzo some run. Hopefully he can make shots. Um, Giannis is looking great. Your MVP pick of Giannis is looking not not terrible right now. <laughs> he had a monster night say. last night with 36-15 and, and 8. Um, Music. Yeah. They, they have some tough games coming up, actually. They, they, they're, they're on a little road trip right now. They go to Minnesota, the Clippers, Jazz, and Thunder. Um Games. Not, All competitive and yeah. competent teams. Especially the Clippers and the Jazz, even though the Jazz offense looks awfully clunky. But we can't talk about every team, unfortunately. But I think we're going to have to wrap it up there, Phil. Do you have any Do you have any last parting shots for our Hoops Coopers? I have no parting shots, but I would appreciate if you didn't take so many shots of my boy Mike Conley. I'm sorry. He's figuring it out, man. He's, I know we are. He, he's, just, he's just trying to get in the groove, man. He's got this young – he's literally living – like Mad Ben, he's he's John Ham, and he's got the young bull trying to take his spots. <laughs> but he's just trying to do his job and make the company better, aka Utah Jazz winning a championship. Yeah, I understand. Well, that's gonna do. That's gonna be that for this week's edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate. This is my pod pal Phil. Thank you. And as always, if you like our content, if you want to keep on listening. If you just want to hear me and Phil's beautiful voice every weekend. Soothe, melodious. Follow us on Twitter at HoopScoopPod for all of the, the weekly and daily analysis of every NBA game. I know I'm going to be locked and loaded for some NBA tonight. Yeah, I what got is nothing better football? to do. I don't know. I'm watching NBA. Starts at 5 o'clock with the Bulls and the Pacers. Um, and I'm going to be watching through the night into the Clippers into and the Jazz. Into the early pretty, morning. Pretty, pretty nice game tonight, Clippers and yeah, Jazz. No, it's a good that, way to end, end your um, weekend. Exactly. So, as always, if you like our content, follow us on Twitter, at HoopScoopPod. Listen to this podcast, um, which is distributed on every platform, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, you name it. And 
Thank you, you for it. listening. Until next week, when you uh, felt when you, yep, and that is that. So come back next week for another scoop of the hoop. 